you guys are having a good day. Um, my name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and today we're going to talk about Kanye West. And uh, as you many of you saw, Kanye was just dropped in his latest deal with Adidas. And uh, that's not the only place that's dropped him. A lot of companies have dropped him. But we're not talking so much about the companies that have abandoned Kanye West. It's more so about the rules of economic warfare. Uh, in this Kanye West situation, there are so many rules of economic warfare that I learned from my doctoral program that I want to really break down for you. So uh, get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and um, I want to talk to you guys about uh, just what I'm seeing here with this interesting, interesting situation with Kanye West. Um, I know we've talked about Kanye before, <clears throat> but there's so many different angles. And uh, and I feel like there are so many economic lessons that can be learned here. I just can't help it. I got I got to address this issue. I, I you know, because I, I, I can tell you why um, you guys know my, my doctorate's in finance. And uh, and I learned a lot about uh, what, what a topic called risk management and risk management basically is ways to insulate yourself uh, when it comes to economic warfare. Um, I'm a believer that the black man, and the black woman have to learn the rules of economic warfare if you're going to survive. I'm a believer that black people have been the victims of economic warfare. That's basically where people use the power of economics to control and manage your behavior, even against your will. Uh, this is where economics are used to achieve uh, political goals and political ends. Um, I believe this is where economics is used uh, to basically make you a slave. A lot of you all are economic slaves because of the corporate plantation. Some of you are economic slaves because of things like student loans. Some of you are economic slaves because your family didn't leave you the money that they should have left you. Your family didn't make a plan for your future. They sent you out into the world butt naked, so to speak, economically, without any knowledge, without any wealth, without any resources. Raise your hand if you're in that category. Uh, and, and, and basically, it puts you in a position where you are severely handicapped. So then what happens is you get to a point where you wake up one day and you realize, damn, being black means I have no power. Uh, you, you, know, you wake up and you just think that, okay, being black means that white folks get to run my life. Uh, you, you know, as a man, you you feel like, gosh, I, I'm not a real man because that other man is a bigger man than me. He controls the world that I live in and I, I have no say over his world. Uh, you, you get this sense that you, you start to feel uh, kind of like the New York Jets probably felt in all those losing seasons that they had where you're always on the losing team. You're always going to come in last place. Well, a lot of the reason you come in last place is because of stuff like this. It's because of the, the inability or the lack of desire that some of us have in our families to understand the rules of economic warfare. So I'm going to probably get on some people's nerves because I'm going to talk about this Kanye thing again, because it has economic warfare written all over it. When I see what's going on with Kanye, how many of y'all give me a yes or no in the chat if you've been kind of following what's been going on with Kanye, uh, all the different companies that have been dropping Kanye West. Uh, all the different agents and managers and lawyers and, and and random companies basically saying like in unison, fashion designers like Balenciago that makes those ugly ass clothes. Why in the hell would any black person wear Balenciago clothes anyway? I can't even say it. Right. I'm probably mispronouncing the name, but I'm not even going to take the time to learn how to pronounce it properly because y'all don't deserve my respect. Sorry. It's stupid. Your, 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 your models look like aliens. And the stuff looks weird, but that's neither here nor there. Let me stop because y'all might figure out how crazy I am. And then that'll that'll blow the whole roof off this whole thing. I'm trying to pretend to be a normal person, but it doesn't work very well. But anyway, so you've seen Balenciaga back out. Today, uh, Adidas finally made that move. Adidas is like, oh, we're going to finally end our deal with Kanye. Well, let me just tell you about this. This is funny. This is why Adidas, and, and this is what I would call it their racism. And I'm explaining exactly why it's racist, not because uh, they, they don't have a right to decide what they want to do with Kanye West. But it's racist in, in, in the sense that uh, a lot of these companies 
Uh, give me a yes or no. Have you ever heard of any of these companies boycotting record labels that are making trillions of dollars by promoting toxic music to the black community? Has have, has anybody ever seen any of these people? Chase Bank. Chase Bank told Kanye West, take your $140 million and, and go home. We don't want your money, Negro. But have you ever seen Chase Bank boycott a record label that was uh, you know, marketing drug addiction to black youth? I mean, give me a yes or no. Is that not what these record labels do? Uh, uh, what was another one? Um, CAA, the talent agency that I guess if you want to be a Hollywood slave, you probably beg them to let you in. Uh, CAA decided, Creative Arts Agency or something, they decided they didn't want to deal with Kanye West. Uh, have you ever seen CAA? You just take a stand and say, you know what, since we're so much against hate speech, we are going to boycott every record label that promotes the use of the N-word in reference to black people. Is the N-word not hate speech? Am I wrong? Am I, what am I, am I crazy? Am I crazy? It, 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 does anybody ever get tired of hearing yourself being referred to the, it, by the N-word on every single damn song you're hearing on the radio? And they, that stuff is lit. You'll see a whole audience full of white people, same people banding, you know, just sort of dismissing Kanye, attacking Kanye. And then I, I'm not saying you don't have a right to be mad at him. I mean, he wore a White Lives Matter shirt. I mean, I wouldn't wear that stuff. But but seriously, Kanye's done some weird stuff. Let's make no mistake about it. This is not a pro-Kanye conversation. This is a pro-black conversation. I need y'all to know the difference. I'm not, I don't dislike Kanye. I like him sometimes. I don't like him other times. But this is not a pro-Kanye conversation. This is a pro-black conversation. All I care about is y'all, really. I don't care about these celebrities. But seriously, have you ever seen them really take a stand against hate speech by saying we will not allow music on the radio that refers to black people using the N-word, even if a black person says it? Even if a Negro is being paid to call other black people by the N-word, we, 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 because we, we don't like hate speech, we're going to say, have you ever seen that? No, you haven't. So let's just be clear. You're not against hate speech. You're not against hate speech. You are basically advocating for the unconditional uh, protection, con complete total protection and uh, an ability to, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're making excuses for bad behavior within the Jewish community by using economic power to pursue your agenda by any means necessary. That's what you're saying. You, because, because look, if Kanye was running around saying free the Palestinians, because y'all know what they do to the Palestinians, then they would call that anti-Semitic. Oh, you're being anti-Semitic. Oh, what, I'm anti-Semitic. Um, what? No, no, I'm just saying those people don't deserve to die. But no, 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 that's anti-Semitic, right? So, so we know that this term has no weight. We know that this term is used as an excuse. Uh, it is a, uh, it is a get out of jail free card for any kind of behavior that you want to engage in. Because basically, when you are able to, uh, and you see this happen a lot. Sometimes even black people do it. Y'all, like I'll give you an example. Let's use black people as an example, so we don't think we're talking just about other people. Have you ever seen a black person who's just as raggedy as hell, doesn't show up to work on time, doesn't do their job right? acts a damn fool on the job, and then when they get fired, they say, y'all racist, y'all racist. Yeah, anybody ever seen that? Anybody ever worked with a Negro like that, just embarrassing everybody, getting on your nerves? He's like, I'm like, man, dude, you, you're my brother, but I would fire you too because you didn't show up to work 80% of the time, and you show up late 90% of the time, so you don't deserve to have this job. But then they'll say, y'all, but y'all racist, y'all ra right? So people will use racism or sexism or homophobia as an excuse for uh, for their ability or their desire to not be held accountable. That's kind of what happens in a lot of cases. So in this particular case, uh, this anti-whatever that, that people, this campaign against hate speech, right, which seems to be very well coordinated uh, in, in the media because we know that there's a small group of people who control almost all media that exists in America. So they're all, they all appear coordinated. Uh, we know that this is, a, this is hypocritical. We know that they, they're not anti-hate speech because if they were, they wouldn't be uh, supporting these record labels also owned by the same group of people uh, that literally are promoting death and, and, and Holocaust level death in the black community. There's an eight year old boy who was murdered in Chicago last night. Ain't nobody, y'all ain't marching for him. Y'all ain't out here having no rallies for him. Yeah, but y'all had rallies for George Floyd because white folks told you to rally for George Floyd. But y'all ain't got no y'all ain't got no smoke for the Negro who shot that eight year old boy, and y'all have no smoke for the culture that was created that led to the death of this child. When you're promoting violence in a community, <clears throat> when you're promoting drug addiction in a community, when you're glorifying drug dealers in the music, which is that that is exactly what they do with these record labels. This is what you get.
You get a community that looks past all this other stuff and you only focus on the things that other people tell you to focus on. That's your problem. So um, anyway, let's dig back into Kanye. Do me a favor. Uh, one second, real quick, if you could, please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. What's up on Instagram? My Instagram is the Real Voice Watkins. Feel free to follow me on Instagram. Um, I'm going to offend you at some point because I like to challenge your thinking. I'm not just going to say things that they, they that, that are designed to make you feel good. I'm going to say things that are that I believe are true. And also, uh, don't forget this week we have the All Black National Convention. So we gathered 47 Black experts from around the world who want to solve problems in the Black community. Uh, no corporate sponsorship, none of that stuff. We are gathering in Charlotte. Uh, if you want to come to Charlotte, you can go to allblacknationalconvention.com or you can join us virtually also. Um, actually, I put all the passes uh, on my website too. So feel free to go to boyswalkers.com. We start on Friday. We go the entire weekend, October 28th through the 30th. This is this is as pro-black as we know how to be. All right, so let me go down. Let me just kind of uh, break down what's happening with the Kanye West thing. So so here, I'm going to read to you something. Um about economic warfare. If you look up in the Encyclopedia Britannica, let me give you a definition of economic warfare. They said here that economic warfare is the use of or threat to use economic means against a country uh, or entity, really entity, individual, corporation, whatever, in order to weaken its economy and thereby reduce its political and military power. So military is, is a little bit off the table with the Kanye thing, but they are definitely seeking to engage in a coordinated economic strike against Kanye West to reduce his economic and political power. Adidas uh, is trying to, but just so you know, sometimes when you declare war on uh, someone else and you launch your nukes at that other uh, at that other entity, you also can be killing your own citizens. And why do I say that? Well, because Adidas uh, literally shot itself in the foot by cutting the Kanye West deal. Adidas is furious over the fact, their shareholders are furious over the fact that a large percentage of Adidas revenue comes from Kanye West's shoe sales. This man sold $1.7 billion worth of sneakers for them last year. I have no idea how he pulled this off. It was absolutely phenomenal. And and, and the, here's the other thing, too. The, the, the real power is not in the amount of sneakers he sold. It was the growth rate. The, the growth rate in sales was like 35%. So if you know anything about financial valuations and how to evaluate a company and evaluate an entity, that's a large part of how Kanye became a billionaire because 35% growth rate is massive, especially in 2021, you know, where a lot of companies weren't growing nearly that fast. So Kanye, um, you know, by, by cutting Kanye off, they literally cut probably 10 or $15 billion off the value of their company. Their share, their stock price has plummeted. Adidas stock has dropped, I think, by 50% in the last month. Do y'all know what that do y'all know how bad that is? A 50% decline in one month? That's huge. So ultimately, Adidas, it's you know, I understand, you know, they're like, okay, we're gonna just go along with the crowd, but they too are feeling the pressure of this coordinated economic strike against Kanye. I don't think they wanted to cut off their golden goose. I really don't. I think that somebody else is going to pick that up and they're going to go, they say, they're going to say, okay, cool. We'll take your, you know, five, $10 billion. If you don't want it, we'll take it. So sometimes racism makes you stupid. And I say racism makes you stupid because again, I just proved to you guys why this is racist and why this is hypocritical for them to go off about Kanye and alleged hate speech, but they never go off on these record labels that are promoting more hate speech than Kanye ever did in his life. So here's the other thing too. Uh, so let me read more about the definition of economic warfare. Th this is this is really getting me going because I, I'm really I, I really want you to understand this because black folks, here's the, here's the thing. Most of y'all don't even know you were born in the middle of economic warfare. Most of you don't even know that you are that you've been living in the middle of an economic battlefield your whole entire life. In fact, let me ask y'all a question. Um, have you ever felt like you couldn't say what you wanted to say because you were scared of what your boss is going to do on your job? How many? Give me a yes in the chat. Let's do a let's do a slave confessional right quick. How many of y'all have ever been in a situation where you wanted to tell your boss to kiss your whole entire black ass? You wanted to uh, tell it like it is, hold up the black power fist. But but you didn't because you were scared that you were going to lose your job and you didn't have nowhere to go. And you said, man, I can't. I got kids. I got to pay my rent. I got to. I don't. I don't. I don't. Right. And then, and then here's the other thing, too. Here's the best part. This is how the plantation works. 
it was probably like like a lot of times you'll get these well-intended black people. This is what used to happen to me when I was at University of Kentucky raising hell. I used to write these articles and everybody would read them. The whole campus would be on fire when I write my articles because I had all this racial anger that I was kind of letting out when I was writing. I didn't even know I was a good writer. I failed English class in school. I swear to you, I promise you I did. But uh, but for some reason, I just had this ability to communicate my ideas. And um, <laughs> and I would have these well-intended Negroes, these black people, but no black faces in high places who would come to me and they say, like like slave whispering, like, well, you know, boys, um, I agree with what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I'm like, yeah, of course you hear what I'm saying because you see the racism too. Yeah, 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 but but you can't you can't do it like that because because you're gonna mess up your career. I am. Yeah, yeah. They go. They they're not gonna hire you if you if you're talking like that. You know. And and I'm like, but I'm I'm the, I'm gonna be the only black man in America to get a PhD in finance. That I'm clearly qualified. I'm smarter than every white person in my class, and smarter than half the professors that teach me. So why shouldn't I get an opportunity like everybody? Well, because you know how it is. You know you know how they are. Dude. And I said something ain't right about this. Something about this does not gel with my spirit. And I, I meditated on this for a long time because a lot of y'all know these same people. And I'm not saying that they're bad. I get it. You've been trained to be afraid. You've been you've been beaten into submission through the art of economic warfare. They own you. They own you from birth. Why do they own you from birth? Well, let me just break it down for you. Can I break it down for you real quick? Let me change your life real quick. If you listen to me, I promise you, this, this, this is something that if you teach this to your children, you, you'll never go through this again. The reason they own you from birth is because they train you to depend on them economically. They lull your black ass to sleep. They lull you to sleep. They get you thinking, well, well, I can, I don't, I don't need no savings. Hey, just come work for us. You can come work. You don't need to build your own businesses. Just we got jobs for you. We got jobs for we. I, if you elect me, I'll get you some jobs, right? And, and you're like, okay, well, it's a good job. I mean, starting a business is hard, but you're getting there. But that good job is nice. And then, and then, and then, and then, so, so what happens is you, you go to college and you get this nice job, and 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 you never were taught by your parents that you have to have your savings intact in order to be economically secure. You're never taught by your parents that you have to have uh, investments in various assets so that in case your main revenue stream gets shut down, you're going to have a backup plan. You never had a, a parent that said, okay, my baby's born, my baby's going to be dropped in the middle of economic warfare. So I'm going to start investing for this child. So they have an economic stronghold to go back to in case the world <clears throat> excuse me, rejects them. You know, and, and, and I think Kanye gets some of this. I told you Kanye is a student of poweronomics. That's how that's how he and I know each other. That's how that's why he called my house. I I sometimes these rappers or celebrities might call me and I I don't I don't know what to do with that. I I, I never I don't want to be a celebrity. I don't care about any of that. But but he did reach out because he's interested in poweronomics. Also he had that song called uh remember that way till I get my money right right ain't nobody gonna tell me nothing anybody know that song Right. So Kanye understands economic warfare to a point. But sometimes I wonder if he understands it completely. Sometimes I wonder if he really understands what he's what game he's trying to play. And, and I wonder if he's fortified and prepared to play it. Part of me says yes. Part of me says no. The part the part of me that says yes, is I heard him mention and, and what I almost consider Muhammad Ali style, he basically said he's willing to lose it all. To make to stand up for himself, and I and I respect that. I say, okay, good. You're, you're prepared. You can't go to war if you're not prepared to die. You can't go to war if you're not prepared to lose. You can't go to war if you're not prepared to get hurt. And, and he, it seems like he's ready for that. Right? So so I get that part. Um, but then I, but then there's the part of me that says, well, you know, I understand all these people are dropping you, but why were you doing business with those people anyway? You know why why didn't you know what where where were the other lines of business occurring? That would have protected you from this kind of nonsense. Like if you, you know, if 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 if, if white folks got mad at me tomorrow and all said we're all going to drop our contracts with Boyce Watkins, it wouldn't matter because I don't need y'all anyway. I I designed my whole business so that I wouldn't have to deal with that kind of nonsense, right? I, I I one time one time I had a controversy where I said that I don't like the idea that that record labels pay Lizzo to embarrass black women by acting like uh acting like obesity is good. And, and also engaging in degrading behavior in order to sell records. And I got a lot of pushback the same way Kanye gets pushback. Uh, every newspaper on earth wrote about that and wrote, it basically labeled me as this uh, sexist professor 
who uh, who hates Lizzo. And that's obviously not true. That wasn't what it was. And so, but what? Ha- but it doesn't matter. Perception is everything. So what happened was there was a group, uh, the AG Gaston group down in um, Birmingham, Alabama, that had uh, I spoke for them the previous year. They loved me, so they invited me back the following year. Well, their white corporate sponsors basically put pressure on them, so they pretty much canceled me from that speech. <clears throat> As a result, I lost about ten thousand dollars. Let me just tell you, I don't know how many languages I would need to express how few fucks I gave about the fact that they cut my speaking engagement I, because I was ready for that. I did not care. I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm willing to lose a little money if that is what is required to tell you the truth. If that is what is required to save a few lives. I have too many people in my family that have died from diabetes, heart disease, and cancer for me to sit here and act like it's okay that you're mass promoting this idea that obesity is good. I'm not saying that, that you're a bad person if you're overweight. I have a lot of people in my family that are overweight. I was one of them. But at the same time, this idea that somehow you are promoting obesity for black people as if it's a good thing when obesity kills far more black people than the pandemic ever could, than the pandemic ever did, is weird to me. Again, it's hypocritical because on one hand, you're screaming Black Lives Matter because you're talking about getting your getting your shots for the virus and all that. But on the other hand, Black lives obviously don't matter because you're promoting the things that are killing 10 times more people than the pandemic ever did. So so what are you what are we doing here? What are we doing here? You know, again, I, I can't help. I'm, I can't make myself dumb enough to make sense out of anything that you're saying right now. I can't I can't reduce my IQ to make it low enough for me to fit into whatever ridiculous intellectual midget construct that you've created that black people are supposed to abide by. And part of the reason that you allowed this world to turn you from intelligent black people into intellectual midgets is because you're trying to fit in. Because if you don't fit in, then they're going to do to your black ass what they're doing to Kanye right now. They're going to economically isolate you. When I started speaking pro-black, I'm not afraid to admit that there were a lot of big white universities that swore up and down. They were looking for qualified black professors, and a lot of those places would would love me to death in the first interview. But but after they Googled me, they would come back and say, well, you're not a a fit. Oh, wait, but I was a great fit a couple days ago because you swore you were looking to diversify your faculty. But, oh, now I'm not a fit because you saw me on CNN speaking on issues that relate to the black community. Here's the point though. I'm not mad about any of that. I completely understand all of that. Why? Well, because I understand economic warfare. Economic warfare uh, in in my life came up where I was pretty much told, again, even after I left the University of Kentucky, I was told, again, by well-intended black people that I worked with, other black professors who were scared of their own shadow, hey, if you you keep, I, I agree to what you're saying, but if you keep talking that pro-black stuff, you're going to get blackballed. Well, I'm, I'm ready for that because, again, my PhD is in finance. So I just said, OK, what's happening here? What is the dynamic here? And this is what I'm explaining to you all. Economic warfare will always be declared on you for the rest of your life. And if you go out in this world, in this racist world that never liked your black ass from the very beginning, they don't love you. They don't, they don't think your life matters. It's up to you to think your life matters. These people are not trying to be your friend. They're trying to benefit from your existence. And, and if you do not prepare your children with financial literacy, with a, a wealth base, with uh, some sort of independent ownership structure that allows them to vacate the system when the system ain't treating them right, then what you're basically doing is you're selling your child into slavery. That's exactly what you're doing. You're sending them on a battlefield with no weapons, with no armor, with no fellow soldiers, and with no battle strategy. All a person can do in the middle of a battlefield, imagine if you are in the middle, imagine like Game of Thrones style, you're in the middle of a battlefield, everybody else has armor, a big old sword, a shield, training, strategy, coordination, and teammates, and you out there by yourself butt naked. You ain't got nothing. The only thing you can do is say, okay, whose balls do I have to tickle to get me to let them hide behind them so they'll protect me? All you know, all you can do, you can't fight. 
You can't fight. You can't stand up to a soldier with armor and a shield and you don't even know how to fight and you ain't got a weapon. All you can do is serve that soldier and hope that he will protect you if you are nice to him. So a lot of your children are out in the middle of an economic battlefield with no ability to fight. Don't even know how to fight. Where's that come from? Let me talk about solutions on this. It starts with the culture. Are your children ready? Do, do they even understand what they're up against? Or are they going to just go out and go, go to college and get, you know, get a hundred thousand in student loans and look for the best job they can find and then spend their whole life pissed off because white folks ain't playing with you. They got their money, right? They, 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 many of them, not all of them, but the wealthy ones understand the rules of economic warfare. That's what they're doing with Kanye. They are coordinating. They're having backroom meetings and they're saying, okay, you're the CEO of CAA. You're the CEO of Balenciaga, whatever the hell the thing is. You're the CEO of Adidas. You're the CEO of this. De even Def Jam, this co company y'all think is, is pro-black. <laughs> y'all know who's really running companies like Def Jam. Come on now. Why do you think Def Jam? I mean, of all, Def Jam even said we ain't going to mess with Kanye. Because they, they know where their bread is buttered. They're scared. They're scared. So ultimately, this is what's going on. This is what I'm saying. And uh, and, and actually, I'm going to read a little bit more of the definition of economic warfare. Uh, before I do that, if you could take one second, please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. And um, and also, actually, uh, if this kind of thing is of interest to you, I, I did a whole training with this in the Black Business School on economic warfare and economic survival. And it's literally the URL is economicsurvivalplan.com. If you want to go take a look, uh, feel free to use the code word podcast and you get 40% off. So feel free to go to economicsurvivalplan.com. This is something I think about all the time because what I learned is that as a black man, self-defense is very important. Self-defense is extremely important, but it's not just a matter of having a gun and knowing how to fight. It's also a matter of knowing how to fight with your mind and knowing how to fight with your money. And one of the myths about financial freedom that people carry is that you have to be rich in order to be financially free. That is not true. You do not have to be rich to be financially free. There are plenty of wealthy people who are out here begging, plenty of wealthy people who are out here apologizing their ass off, plenty of wealthy people out here who are scared of their own shadow, plenty of wealthy white people, white and black people who are out here who are slaves. There are plenty of wealthy people who literally have no control over their own lives. So do not think that you have to be wealthy to have financial freedom. What financial freedom looks like, it is a freedom from uh, from dependence on money. Like, so you don't may not have a lot of money, but if you know this that, that you're not afraid of somebody taking it away from you, then, then you, you're a little bit more financially free than a person who's addicted to money. It's also a freedom from the things that can harm you. So if you are a person who doesn't make a ton of money, but you have your system set up, where you are disconnected from those who might want to do you harm, or you have a backup plan and a plan B in case they come and try to come get you, then you're economically free. You're going to find that you have more freedom of speech than a person who is economically dependent, who gets one stream of income. Think about this. There's nothing riskier you can do in your life than to lean on one job to pay your bills and live paycheck to paycheck. Think about, think about this. You're, you're, you're literally trained as black people to lean on one job offered by your oppressor to get the food you need to eat every day and to have a place to live. And if you lose that job from your oppressor, if your oppressor gets mad at you, then you are done. You're homeless, you're starving, your children can't eat, your kids butt naked. Well, if that's the case, then you better shut up. You better not ever act like you really think you got any kind of freedom of speech when the boss is looking. When the boss is around, you better sit your black ass down and be quiet. You have not earned the right to speak yet. I'm not saying you can't. I'm not saying that it's not that you shouldn't be allowed to speak. Of course you should. But the world does not operate in terms of shoulds. Life ain't fair. Stop believing that life is about fairness and equality. It ain't. The world don't work that way. War does not work that way. Ain't nothing fair about war. So the folks that are going after Kanye, they're really showing you something. They're showing you that they understand that life ain't about fairness. It ain't about truth and justice and all these noble concepts you're taught as children. No, they, they're like, no, we're going to get out here. We're going to lie. We're going to smear this guy. 
We're going to label him as the number one propagator of hate speech in America, even though he's not. It's your record labels that you own that are actually the greatest propagators of hate speech. We know this, right? But it doesn't matter what I say. It's just it's just what it is. So ultimately, at the end of the day, if you want to get away from this, you have to prepare yourself and prepare your family, prepare your children to be economically insulated at an early age. And it takes time. It takes planning. Little things you can do. You have a newborn baby. You're buying stock consistently every week for that child, and you're not selling that stock so that when your child goes into the world at 25 years old, they've got $150,000 in liquid assets available from the stock investments you've been making consistently for about $30 or $40 a week since they were a child, and now they can do whatever they want. They can go buy a house. They can go and start a business if they want to, they, and they have liquid assets in case they need cash for anything. So, so, so at the end of the day, I, I'm telling you, somebody said my mic is a little distorted. Let me see. Let me try to try to fix it is my is it is it better daryl i thank you man thank you for telling me brother i'm, I'm gonna try to not maybe it's distorted because i'm yelling so much so maybe it's my voice that's distorted i don't know my apologies for that all right so let me read a little bit more uh all right so here's um it, uh, this is the encyclopedia britannica and the definition of economic warfare so one other thing they said economic warfare also includes the use of economic means to compel an adversary to change its policies or behavior or to undermine its ability to conduct normal relations with other countries. I'm going to say I actually when they say the word countries, I'm going to say entities because with Kanye, he's not a country, but he is an entity. He's a corporation. Right. So basically, um, in, with economic warfare, they're using their economics to compel him to change his policy. Right. We think that you are anti this. We think you are promoting hate speech. So therefore, it is our job to compel you, which basically means put that pressure on them uh, and kill a Mike style. Killer Mike and Ice Cube have a great song called Put the Pressure on them, which I love. Uh, it's one of my favorite songs uh, means to compel an adversary to change its policies or behavior or to undermine its ability to conduct normal relations with other countries or entities. So basically what they're saying is not just that they want to uh, sort of pressure Kanye into changing his policies, but they actually want to disrupt his ability to do normal business with other people. They say, okay, this guy's one of the most lit rappers in, in the world, and that's a problem. I hate this. We hate this. So what we're going to do is we're not just going to take away the business that we have <clears throat> with you. We're going to go to all of our friends and basically do an embargo on you. We're going to shut you down every direction you can go because we know y'all Negroes love to depend on us to be your agents. Y'all depend on us to be your lawyers. Y'all depend on us to be your, your distribution managers to distribute your products. You depend on us to get into the movies. You depend on us for your corporate deals because you don't have a culture that breeds economic strength and security the way we do. You don't have a culture that, that teaches your kids to do the things that our kids can do. Little Ari was it growing up thinking he wanted to be a rapper or a basketball player? Little Ari was thinking about how he could uh, manage his his portfolio of assets and grow them and take on clients that would allow him to make a billion dollars without even doing any of the work. That's that's what they did. So 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 really, I don't. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I mean, is it fair? I told you, life ain't fair. I don't care about fair. This is, I, I'm telling y'all, y'all need to peep game. I'm telling y'all, y'all need to take notes. I'm telling you that no matter what the culture does, no matter what other black people are doing, you need to go to your family right now and say, look, this is how we going to do stuff over here. These are the values that we believe in over here. We believe in ownership. In fact, um, we have a, a in our program, Black Millionaires of Tomorrow in the Black Business School, uh, one of the Black Millionaires of Tomorrow um, uh, acronyms we have children memorize is the word poise, P-O-I-S-E, P-O-I-S-E. And it says, this is what you want to be when you grow up. If you want to have economic power, you want to be a producer. You want to be an owner. You want to be an investor. You want to be a saver. And you want to be an entrepreneur. People who are producers, owners, investors, savers, and entrepreneurs are the ones who end up succeeding. If you just put that acronym on your refrigerator, and have your children memorize poise, you're going to increase your family wealth by several million dollars within one or two generations. You have literally, if you had your children memorize this and apply this to their every life as a core value system, you literally are going to change the trajectory of your family for the next two or 300 years. 
I promise you this. It's all about the culture. Professor James Small, who's coming to the All Black National Convention this week, if you want to meet him, he's a great guy. And he talked about controlling the economics, the politics, and the culture of your community. We tend to separate the three. They tell us that, oh, well, the economics is over there. That's what the economic people do. And the politics is over here. <clears throat> so we need everybody to vote. But, but but go vote. But just don't be thinking about showing up with no money. And then the culture is over here. So with BET ads, again, another company that's owned by the same people, they're probably, they're, they're probably going to announce that they're banning Kanye, too, because BET is not owned by black people. It's owned by the same people who own these other companies that are kind of kicking Kanye out. Uh, you know, the BET is telling you what the culture is. Well, this is for the culture. This is for the culture. No, there's nothing about my culture that says that I'm better off as a black man when I'm a drug addict. So stop promoting drug addiction in the music. Uh, there's nothing about my culture that says that I want to see black people getting killed every other day. That's traumatic. Trauma uh, cuts off your ability to accomplish almost anything. My wife is a certified clinical trauma professional. We talk about trauma all the time. You're traumatized consistently because you, you have a rapper that dies every week. You have a you have music that's constantly promoting death in your community. A lot of you have seen your relatives get killed and incarcerated for long periods of time, right? So I can just keep going down the list. There's nothing about my culture that says I want to throw all my money away. It's like a football game. You can't win a football game if you're passing the ball to the defense Every time you get it, you can't do that. So what you're doing with your money, your money is the football and you're supposed to throw the football to your own receiver. So your receiver can run it down the field. That, that receiver is your black owned business. You're supposed to be the quarterback and look down the field and see like, uh, like uh, uh, Jackson, the guy that plays it with, with the Baltimore Ravens, I forget his name, <clears throat> but, but you literally are supposed to look for your own receiver and throw the ball to your receiver. Your receiver catches the ball and runs into the end zone, but they got y'all trained to look for the defensive back and to throw the ball right to the defense so they can run it in the other direction. And then you complain because you don't have any points and because you lost the game by five touchdowns. Well, of course you're going to – Lamar Jackson, thank you. I was going to say Deshaun Jackson. It's Lamar Jackson. He's from Louisville. I should know this. But anyway, but, but anyway, the, the point of the matter is to say that you've been trained to play the game in the wrong way. Like Nuri Muhammad, another brother who's going to be at the All Black National Convention this week, by the way, Nuri Muhammad said that we are the only people – who will blame the white man for 95% of our problems, but then give him 98% of our money. That don't make no damn sense. So, so he ain't the problem. We're the problem. He is the problem. We're the problem. He's running into the end zone and scoring touchdowns on us because we keep passing him the ball. We are an extra teammate for those who don't want us to do well. So let me read a little bit more about economic warfare. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe if you haven't done it yet. Um, and by the way, don't forget the All Black National Conventions this week. I'm going to put the URL for the – well, actually, here you go. There's the URL for the convention. So if you'd like to join us either virtually or in person, we'll be in Charlotte. I'll be in Charlotte all weekend if you'd like to join us. Uh, we have billionaires that are going to be there. We have um, you know, we have experts in all medical fields. Dr. George C. Frazier is coming in. Uh, a lot of great Riza Islam will be there. We have a lot of great brothers and sisters that, that want to solve problems. So if you are also solution oriented, then I hope you'll come to the convention because um, we've got therapists. We've got all, all different kinds of people. So it's a great uh, think tank for black folks. It's also a great family reunion. Uh, a lot of people use the convention as like a family reunion. So uh, if you're looking for your people, your people will be at the convention. I guarantee it. All right. So um, so here's another here's another uh, thing about economic warfare, according to Encyclopedia Britannica. Some common means of economic warfare are trade embargoes, boycotts, sanctions, and tariff discrimination, the freezing of capital assets, the suspension of aid, the prohibition of investment in other capital flows, and expropriation. And I can tell you that all these factors are used to control the Black community. And, and, and the added thing that they've done with black folks is they actually extract wealth from you. Once they sort of get their, they sink their teeth into you, they're able to actually make money from you. So, so blocking you from having opportunities, blocking you from having money, but then also taking money from you, that's how economic warfare is, uh, is declared on you. They say countries engaging in economic warfare seek to weaken an adversary's economy by denying the adversary access to necessary physical, financial, and technological resources by otherwise or by otherwise inhibiting its ability to benefit from trade, financial, and technological exchanges with other entities. Uh, it consists of blockades, the interception of contraband, etc. 
During the Cold War, the United States and its allies attempted to deny the Soviet Union and its allies access to computers, telecommunications, equipment, and other technologies of high economic and military value. So ultimately, they said that this. So, so what they're talking about also here. So, so I want to so relate this to Kanye, right? So with Kanye West, the economic warfare is uh, we don't like this guy. This guy's saying things that we don't appreciate. Uh, he's telling some of our secrets. He's drawing too much negative attention to the fact that we own these record labels that are putting out toxic music to black people. Uh, and so we're going to shut him down. Well, how are we going to shut him down? Well, we're, we're not just going to stop doing business with him. It's one thing if I say, I don't want to deal with Kanye anymore. I'm done with this guy. Fine. But what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to proactively go out to all my friends because we've all agreed in a coordinated fashion to all be on the same agenda. So we're all on code and we're all going to isolate him. We're going to ice him out. So here's what's interesting. So they also say that here's, here's what measures the effectiveness of economic warfare. The effectiveness of economic warfare depends on a number of factors, including, so this is how they to determine whether or not economic warfare works against you effectively or how to defend against it, um, including the capacity of the adversary to produce the restricted goods internally. So basically they're saying that the way you fight economic warfare is you learn how to make your own shit. That's what they're basically saying. They're saying if you can make your own stuff, and get your own stuff. So if you have black-owned businesses you can turn to, it's, you know, if Yeezy can go to find some black-owned companies that can help him get his product around the world, get it to Japan and China and all the places that that, that love love these shoes and will buy these overpriced, ugly products. I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I don't. I'm never gonna buy any. Kanye, if you're watching, I'm sorry, man. I love you, but well, most of the time I love you. Uh, but but I, I I'm not gonna buy your. I'm just not gonna spend four hundred dollars on those shoes. They look like aliens wear them. But but good. I'm glad somebody likes those shoes. I'm happy for you. Uh, so so if he can find other ways to uh, get what he needs, then that reduces the effect of economic warfare. So the same thing is true in your own life. When they declare economic warfare against you, when they try to blackball you because you're speaking out too much on your job, or they fire you because you <clears throat> because you told you told it like it was with you know to your boss. Well, if you have other options, then you're fine. Options are the cousin to freedom. A lot of us don't have freedom because we have no options. If you have no options, you have no freedom. So ultimately, the, the, the big goal when it comes to economics in general is to ask yourself consistently, do I have options? What can I do if things go wrong? What, what can I do if, if the thing that I depend on isn't there for me? Even in dating, you know, when, when I would give, um, there was a young lady that I would give advice to sometimes and she would call me and ask me about crazy situations that she had with boys or whatever. And there was some guy that was doing her dirty and doing her wrong and she was tired of it or whatever. And she didn't, she, but she was in love with him. So she didn't know what to do. And I said, oh, well, I don't know what to tell you exactly to do. Uh, but I, I will say um, you're probably going to be stronger if you have more options. In negotiation, if you can walk away from the table and still be okay, then you can negotiate at a higher level and not feel bad if they say no or if they don't give you what you want. But uh, you know, when I go give when I give speaking engagements and and I decide how much I want to charge, I'm like, I don't know. How bad do I really care about the money? Uh, I don't really care that much. So yeah, here's how much I need. And if you can't pay me, fine, I don't care. You know, that's different from me showing up looking and feeling desperate. Do you understand? So at the end of the day. When they set you up, this is what integration did to you. Integration put you to sleep. Integration got you feeling like you could depend on people that you should not ever depend on. Integration got you believing that they got you. But the problem is that the person that you think is your liberator actually became your pimp. You have been pimped economically, politically, and otherwise for a very long time. They, the pimp game comes out strong during every election cycle. Uh, the pimp game comes out strong when you're trying to spend time with your kids, but you can't because your boss told you you got to get your black butt to work. So ultimately, if you want your kids to escape this, you have to prepare in advance. If you do not prepare in advance, then your kids will be slaves like we were. Hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. I'm going to read a little bit more about economic warfare and this Kanye thing, and then we're going to bounce on out today. Um, all right. So, so one of the things that they say about economic warfare and the effectiveness is determined by your ability to produce the restricted goods internally uh, to, or, or to acquire them from other countries. Basically, do you have options? For example, efforts by the United States to oust Fidel Castro from Cuba by maintaining a decades-long embargo were frustrated by increased trade between Cuba, Mexico, Canada, and Western Europe. So they couldn't shut down Cuba because Cuba had options. 
Although economic warfare is often considered a relatively inexpensive complement or alternative to military engagement, it imposed costs on an initiating country by denying it access to economic exchange with the targeted country. So that's another point. So in this case with Adidas and Kanye, Adidas has participated in this economic war against Kanye. Adidas ain't ready for that fight. Adidas ain't ready for that. Why? Well, because Adidas shareholders are pissed right now because Adidas uh, gets a large percentage of their revenue from Kanye West. So in this particular case, which is really fascinating to watch, is that Adidas is literally shooting itself in its own foot. They are literally cutting off their nose to spite their face because they're so determined to take the stand against Kanye West. They're literally going to lose about $10 billion in market value or more, really more than 10. It might even be 15, 20 billion, depending on what multiple you use. They're losing 10 or $15 billion in market value just, just to prove that, that, that they that they think Kanye's a bastard. And he probably is. Maybe he is, right? Uh, it, 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 but money brings power. And Kanye had that other song. Remember that song? They played it in uh, that movie, Black Adam, that The Rock did. Uh, How to Man to Get All This Power. You know, anybody know what I'm talking about? That song about power? See, Kanye understands the power game. He might be a little weird. He might be a little crazy, for sure. Absolutely. You can say all that. You can disagree with him. He might be politically off base. I mean, I'm not a Trump guy. I'm, I'm never, I never will be. But he understands power. You see, and the thing about power that's really fascinating is power doesn't care about your feelings. Uh, power doesn't have to acknowledge truth or, or what's true or false. <clears throat> power does not have to do the right thing. Uh, one example, think about it when you were a little kid. This is this is my this is the point I, I go to sometimes. And I explain to you why white people have become your parents. White people have become your parents. Remember when you were little? Anybody ever argue with their mama? Give me a yes or no. If you ever argue, anybody ever had an argument with your mama, and then you started winning the argument? How many of y'all were like little law? Like I was like a little lawyer when I was a kid, where I would start arguing with my mama, and I would be relentless about it, and then eventually. I would piss her off because I would start winning the argument. Anybody ever had it? Or maybe you have kids and you go through that. Your kids get about 11 or 12 and they start being able to form cogent arguments and they actually have a point, and, but you don't want to back down, right? So so what, what do you do? What tends to happen when you start winning the argument with your mama? What does your mama say? She eventually says, like, because you've been arguing about going to the party and, and she's like, well, because you got school tomorrow. You're like, actually, mama, I don't have school. Well, well, because it's too late. Well, actually, mama, you let my brother go out to the, you know, right? Or, 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 or I, you, you ain't got no money. Or mama, actually, I got $20, right? What does your mama eventually say? She eventually comes in with the trump card. The trump card is because I said so. Get in your room because I said so. So to me, that's the game. The game is that they get you tricked into this uh, this false belief that you have some sort of equality, which is a complete illusion. You have no equality if you have no wealth, right? And they get you caught up in this idea that because we live in this beautiful egalitarian society where everyone has equal rights and, and Black Lives Matter, you can sit and you can have these debates with white people about things like reparations and slavery, and they're they're going to listen, and you're going to you know you're going to yell and scream and make your point, and your points are going to be great and grand, and then you're going to win the argument, and then you're going to be like, okay, now that I won the argument, we get our reparations, right? And they're like, nah, nah, we don't, I don't feel like giving you the money. <laughs> well, why? Because, you know, you, you said that if I made my point, I could get my money. They're like, no, because we said so. We're just going to do it this way because we said so. Uh, if you look in media, think about this. How, how many of y'all notice how many lies are in the newspapers now? Like, like, is anybody noticing? I think it's like a recent phenomenon, like the last 10 or 15 years. Has anybody noticed how much just absolute BS propaganda like gets pushed in the media, almost like they get together and they just decide, okay, we're going to push this lie this week and we're all going to have the same narrative this week. And they're kind of doing that with Kanye right now, uh, you know, with, with this, like all the headlines almost sound exactly the same, right? Even Sean King had a, had a, an article that said the backlash against Kanye West or, or all the brands are leaving Kanye, you know, so it's a coordinated thing, right? Well, this is power in action. They're like, well, if we just say it enough times, then people are going to believe it. People are just going to buy into it because people are sheep. People are sheep. And I'm not here to encourage you to be a sheep. I'm here to raise lions. I want to pull the lion out of you. I need you to at least, or at least be a sheep that knows how to be a leader. Do not follow the crowd. Follow your spirit. Follow your conscience. Do not follow the idiots. Follow your intellect. Don't listen to the dummies. Listen to the experts that you respect. And don't be scared about that. Don't, don't walk away from that. 
You know, because these people will lie to you every single day of the week. They did it all throughout the pandemic. The pandemic was unbelievable how many lies there were. And at the end of the day, even when the lies were revealed to be uh, to be lies, <laughs> they never came back and apologized. They never came back and said, oh, my bad, we got it wrong, right? <laughs> because power doesn't have to explain itself. Power comes in, puts its foot down, and does whatever the hell it wants. So what I want from Black people is I want power. You can want all these other things you want. Whatever other people want, they can have. They can go get it. I want you to have power. And as a person who understands economics very well, I can. I, I would love to continue to talk to you all and convince you all. I hope I can convince you. Give me a yes if you're at least partially persuaded by what I had to say. I, 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 it, it, let me know if I have convinced you to implement an economic power strategy within your family. Economic power must be part of your culture. The people that are battling Kanye West right now are the world's leading experts on the development of economic power as a fundamental cultural value for their children at a very early age. That's why they all grow up. They are on code. They all have wealth. They all have resources. And they're all coming together to say, you ain't going to do that. We, we're not going to allow that because we said so. Why am I, Why are you calling me anti because we said so. That's what power does. Let's go get some power. All right, guys, I'm done talking for today. Um, I'm going to go. Actually, <laughs> we actually, if you're interested, we actually have stock market investing class at 11 o'clock. So if you actually want to join, you can actually go uh, just go to my website, voicewalkings.com. You can join the Black Stock Market Program. And uh, we do stock market stuff every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Also, this week um, is the All Black National Convention. I have to make sure I mention that. We got great people, Dr. Joyce C. Frazier, Riza Islam, uh, Nuri Muhammad, uh, lots of great, uh, beautiful, amazing um, women like Dr. Uh, Linda, 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 Linda. I don't have her last name in front of me, but she's a body language expert. She's super smart. And I should have her name. Uh, Dr. Ma'at uh, is coming through. Uh, she's an educational expert. We have 47 experts who are part of this great, the, the biggest, most powerful black think tank that we that's ever been created anywhere. And we're just getting together solving problems. And so if you want to be a part of that, I would encourage you to uh, consider uh, joining us in Charlotte this week. Uh, you can fly in, or if you live in the area, then uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, you can learn more uh, by going to allblacknationalconvention.com. We also have virtual passes if you'd like to join us as well. This is a big thing. This is something that we do every year. And uh, it's our effort to come up with solutions. Um, uh, uh, Maj Teray, for example, from Black Guns Matter, uh, is a guy that, that's come in every year because Maj understands self-defense and survivalism, uh, that we need weapons to protect ourselves. Uh, you have guys like Tim Jackson, who's a real estate expert, and, and Julian Gordon, they come through to talk about the ownership of real estate, Jay, Jay Morris and people like that. Uh, we also have um, a lot of people like my wife, Dr. Alicia Watkins, who is a therapist, and uh, the importance of healing and Black love and Black men and women coming together. So we have a lot of great women as well, Lene Javet who's an excellent business strategist that can talk, that's going to show you how to get your business off the ground. So we have a lot of really good stuff at the convention. I hope you give us a try. If you're on Instagram, hit the link in the bio if you'd like to join us virtually or in person. Also, you can go to allblacknationalconvention.com. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, please have a wonderful day. God bless you, and I will see you soon. Take care now. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three, what did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.